everybody. It's TJ. And Celine. And we're back for another episode of TJ and Celine Nerd Out 2 Nerdy Things. So. That's it. That's the whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) We are on day 10 of 31 days of Halloween. Halloween. And we just watched the season finale of The Haunting of Hill House, episode 10. Yep. It's kind of cool how like our days are matching up with the episodes, I too. I know. Yeah. Because sometimes when I'm like making our, our social media posts, I'm yeah. like, wait, what day is this? I'm like, oh, wait. It matches with... The day it matches with the episode that we're on. Yep. Yep. So. Oh. That was such a good episode. I get goosebumps every time I watch this episode. I know. I was, guys, I was crying. I was crying. There was a lot of parts that made me tear up. Um, yeah. There's just so much. So much to unpack in uh, this episode. There's so much to unpack. Um, I know we, TJ and I both have stuff we want to say. Um, so this episode starts off. And I won't go into like a heavily amount of detail, but each character is in a dream or a yeah. dreamlike trance. And um, each, each one has a different story. We learn about, um, we finally learn about uh, Shirley's affair. Mm-hmm. So we finally learn about Shirley's affair. We kind of, Theo's is more or less her fear of touch. Yeah. And um, Stevens is not being able to write again not having his wife yeah and Luke's is going back to being a junkie mm-hmm. really all of the like crux of each one's um grieving stage is almost what their fear is mm-hmm. um so in each each person's <coughs> dream um essentially the house they're in the house and each person's dream is trying to basically eat them into the house or like yeah it's like the final attempt to devour them to kill them yeah. to make them be a part of the ghosts in the house yeah and we get like this really really just beautiful moment with steven um where nell's there yeah and she just taps him on the forehead and we get that again and again and again and she does it to each sibling and does it for each sibling mm-hmm. uh, and she saves them it's almost like if she wouldn't have been there she they, wouldn't have been there to save them. Like, it was meant to be that way. Yeah, like, there was a reason why... Yeah. There's a reason why what happened happened. And she says that. She says... She, there's a lot of beautiful prose in this one episode alone. Like, a lot of beautiful sayings. A lot of well-lit words, I like to say. They're just, like... <coughs> just well yeah. said and explained a ton. And one thing Nell said was, like, that time isn't... A straight line. It's not a set of dominoes. Yeah. It's it's like rain, yeah. or snow, or confetti. Yeah. And she says that, and it really like it hits home because I feel like even though this show is um, fictional and not real, I think that there's so many times in your life where you come back to the same spot you were in, you know? Yeah. And like it's just it's not linear life isn't linear like sometimes you think you're like way ahead of the game and your shit's together and then you're not 
and you're back to square one and yeah. you're at rock bottom again when you thought you were on top of the world which I think this show does such a great way of explaining like no matter what it's okay to just be I mean you literally just described my life so keep going <laughs> no I'm kidding <laughs> um, while we're talking about Nell in that scene um <laughs> she I promise you guys I won't talk this whole episode like I did the two episodes prior or one episode prior I don't remember um, even though I told her it was fine <laughs> I was like I'm so sorry I was so passionate no I love the passion keep um, it going there, so there's a lot of good quotes and we'll probably list some along the way and kind of tell you what we thought but in this scene when everyone's awoke, awoke, awoken I think this is the word um, Nell is there and she kind of starts to ramble. And her ramblings don't... It, do, it doesn't sound, like, normal at first. Like, she yeah. can't hear them almost. And but she's aware. She's she's not aware they're, that they are there. No. And it, it's interesting because she is. And later on, we, like, further into her monologue, we realize that she is. And, um... It brought me back to the quote where she said, I was right here. I didn't go anywhere. I was right here. I was right here the whole time. None of you could see me. Nobody could see me. Yeah. And it's like, again, full circle, right? Like, they mm-hmm. couldn't see her whole life. And all of a sudden, she's there. <coughs> and they can't not see her. Yeah. It took for her to die for them, them to, to see, see her. her. <laughs> and um, she says a lot of pretty things. You know, like, I just want you to know it wouldn't change a thing, but... One thing, and I've said this before, this is my favorite quote, and I promised you guys that I would read it to you once we got to the episode, is when she's kind of saying goodbye to everybody, she says um, a really beautiful line to them. And uh, TJ and I talked about this before we podcasted, but um, it, like, stuck with me because I think that it's, like, it's just how we should be, you know? So I'll just read you guys the line. I loved you completely, and you loved me the same. That's all. The rest is confetti. It's just, like, it's true. Like, that's all. Just Mm -hmm. be good. Be kind. And I don't know. It's just, like, it's such a simple statement, but it says so much. Yeah. I think think what what it's saying is, like, at the end of the day, you, you remember all the good, and you don't remember the bad, and that everything else in between is... Doesn't, this is just confetti. Just confetti and it just doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? It's telling TJ, I would love to get the quote, the rest is con- just confetti, or the rest is confetti yeah. tattooed. Just because it's, like, not really completely explanatory, yeah. but also, like, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, the rest is just, it's all bullshit. Yeah. You know? we. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We walk through life thinking that everything we do isn't bullshit and it, like, matters. And it doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. You can love what you love, and you can be who you are, and it really, at the end of the day, who is it affecting other than you? Yeah. I, I think that, that's what, I feel like the show's message is just, it's all a load of crap, and you can't get lost in the small things, and you can't be angry with each other over stupid, simple shit, because it's just too short. There's too little time and too much to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's one of my favorite parts of the whole show. Um, the whole show is so well written, um, but I think the final episode has some of the best written moments. 
um, of the whole series. Mm-hmm. And I may have said that in other episodes mm-hmm. too, but that's because every time I watch an episode, I'm yeah, like, you're like, I'm like, no, this episode no, is, this is better. Is is the best? Is that like a mosquito? It's not a mosquito. It's like a like a little gnat or something. Yeah. There's like a bug flying, and I keep seeing it out the corner of my Me eye. Me too, but then I lose it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yes, that's one of my favorite parts of the of the show, and this whole episode just it just hits you in the feels, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the song, um, if I if I if I go, I'm going or something. I think it's called. Hold on, I actually have the song. Yeah, if I go, I'm going, by Gregory Allen. Isaacoff. And I believe he might even be from Minnesota. Maybe not. I'd have to look. But it's when that song starts playing, it like it matches so the the lyrics match so well with the moment. The moment and just the whole theme of the show. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like the whole show is kind of written around this song. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And the song just embodies how, how I feel about the show. You know, it's a little melancholy, it's a little sad, but it's also like kind of a happy song, you know? Yeah. It's, I don't know, it just, it fits so well with with the show. Um, one of my favorite parts of this episode is when I guess that's not really a favorite part but it's I think one of the the more well acted parts of this episode it's when Hugh and Olivia are talking this is now older Hugh and Olivia who's been stuck there and going back to what I said before where the ghost Olivia seems kind of confused mm-hmm. you know at at, at one point, she wants to protect her children, but at the yes. same time, she's torn because she wants them there. And in this scene, you really see it because Poppy is almost trying to like seduce Hugh, Hugh to like yeah. stay with me, you know. And Olivia comes up and she's like, "Stop, like leave." Mm-hmm. And. Oh, so again, she's protecting him because she knows that Poppy's bad news. But then when it comes down to it, when her kids are there, she's like, I I need to protect them. I'm saving them. And... From the world. Yeah, saving them from the world, from the monsters outside. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, the monsters are inside. Not... You have it backwards. Yeah. The house confused her. <clears throat> there's there's a there's something that Hugh says I think is very um I don't know how to say it it's fits his character really well he says that he's been holding a door and he says that he's been holding a door with all of his something like he's been holding the door with all of his might he to, didn't have hands to left. yeah he didn't have any hands left to protect the children because he was holding the door to try to keep the monsters back. Metaphor for he's literally like, or figuratively been holding everything back 
about what happened that night to protect his kids. Because he, he knows that if they were to know the truth, um, A, they probably wouldn't believe him, and B, it would crush them. And they would kill them. Yeah, it would crush them to know what happened. Toward the end of the episode, we find out that Hugh has actually died in the house. I'm assuming he has something to do with his heart. He, he overdosed on his heart medication. You could see the bottle next to his Oh, okay. I thought... Okay, that makes sense. I thought it was like he was trying to get to it, but didn't get to it in time, and his heart gave up. But that makes more sense. Yeah. So, there's a moment toward the end of the episode. Not that we're getting toward the end of the episode, but it's important to what I'm talking about. There's a moment at the end of the episode where Hugh is now a ghost, and he decides to show... Stephen, what actually happened that night, mm-hmm. which is like another heartbreaking moment, um, and we find, well, we already know what happens, but we find out that everything that Hugh said was true, and that he wasn't lying. And Stephen says, well, "Why didn't you tell me?" And he said, "Some things have to be lived; they can't be told." Because he said, "If I would have told you, you wouldn't have believed me." Or something like that. Um, I'm trying to find the actual quote while you were talking, but I couldn't find it. Oh, it's okay. But it's something to that effect yeah. where he's like, some. I know he says... They have to be seen. Yeah, some things have to be lived and seen mm-hmm. and not heard. Mm-hmm. Or something, something some like that. Some things can't be told. They have to have been... <coughs> they can't be told. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm like coughing quite a bit tonight. I don't know why. So, my throat's just been dry. Okay. Getting over it. Getting over the the, the cough. The sickness. Getting over. Um, But it's a really good moment because you realize he he really was doing it all to protect his kids. Mm -hmm. Not that you ever doubted it before, but you kind of just thought, oh, kind of a dick for leaving his kids. Mm -hmm. And he was just doing everything he could to protect them. From the house. Yeah. Because the house was just not a good good place. So I I said something in... Maybe the last episode we podcasted, I said that each character had a different affectation from the show. You know, like, Nell was the most open to the house. Luke was the most... I, I forget. Luke was the most open. Luke was the most... Oh, Nell remember. was the most tuned in to the house. Yes, Nell was um, the most tuned in. Luke was the most open. Shirley was knew the most and was the most sensitive. Theo. Theo or, knew the most. Yeah. Shirley, I think, I <laughs> Shirley, I think, was the most curious. Yeah. I think she wanted to understand, and I think I understood that in this episode, that she was the most curious of them, like, of why the things were happening, but she couldn't get it together. And Stephen changed the most. It changed Stephen the most. Yes. Um, That's what, yeah. And I said something along the lines of, um, Hugh wasn't affected like everyone else was, and I stand by that. But in this episode, you understand just how unaffected he was in the sense... And so, like, emotionally, he shattered, right? Oh, yeah. But I mean in the sense that he's not... He says it, too. He says, fear is the... um, Fear is the removal of logic. Yeah. Is that Stephen or Hugh that said it? It's Hugh that says it to Stephen. Yeah. And... um, I don't remember the, the line verbatim, but... I don't. I, I wish I could find it verbatim, but anyway, Hugh, Hugh says something like that to him, and it, I think it like it, it makes me hold, stand my ground on what I said. 
he was never afraid of the house like everyone else was. Yeah. He was afraid later on of what it was doing to his family and maybe what it was doing later in life to his family. Yeah. But he was never afraid of the house and I think that that's that's like super intriguing to me because all of them were so scared of the ghosts and stuff and mm-hmm. he would walk through the house and he, he they were you know what's his face crank or hill mr hill whatever i forget william hill william, yeah, william the, hill the comes up to yeah. steven and looks him and he says just look at me mm-hmm. just look at me and you can tell that steven's scared and you can tell that hugh's not because the house doesn't do to him what it does to everyone else and i fully believe this episode shows you that that hugh is a much different breed than them mm-hmm. the house feeds on fear and he's not scared. Yeah, he's not scared. That's why the house isn't interested in him. He's not scared. He wasn't a kid. <coughs> it, it didn't affect him. Like Mm-mm. He wasn't mentally unstable. I think Olivia maybe had a little bit of mental instability. I think the house... Like, even if you have... If, if, if you have some sort of mental illness, I think the house just exacer- exacerbates... Yeah, Exa- exacerbates yeah. it. Yeah, it enhances it. Exaggerates you know, it. Yeah, exaggerates the, the feelings. You get a little. If you're crazy, you're a little crazier. Yeah. If you're sad, you're a lot sadder. Yeah. Uh, because it, it knows what to look for. It knows that. Oh, so this is what I need to prey on to. To get you to. To commit to the house. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. This is yeah. what I need to do. Um. I do have finally found the actual monologue that. Nell says, oh, and if yeah. you're all right, I would like to read it. No. Um, up until the, <laughs> up until this point, she says, um, I feel a little clearer now. We have. Um, all of us wouldn't have changed anything. I need you to know that. And she keeps saying, we have been here. We have been here. Mm-hmm. So I'll skip through that part. And Shirley says, I feel like I've been here before. And Nell says, we have. All of us have. So many times, and we didn't know it. All of us. I feel a bit clearer now. Everything's been out of order. Time, I mean. I thought for so long that time was like a line, that that our moments were laid out like dominoes and that they fell one into another and on it went, just days tipping, one into the next, into the next, and a long line between the beginning and the end. But I was wrong. It's not like that at all. Our moments fall around us like rain or snow or confetti you were right you've you've been in this room before so many times and we didn't know all of us mom says that a house is like a body and that every house has eyes and bones and skin and a face this room is like the heart of the house no not a heart a stomach it was your dance studio theo it was my toy room it was a reading room for mom a game room for steve family room for Shirley, a tree house for Luke, but it was always the red room. It put on different faces so that we'd be still and quiet while it digested. I'm like a small creature swallowed whole by a monster, and the monster feels my tiny little movements inside. And the reason I wanted to read that monologue, and I know it's long, but it's, it, we finally learned that the red room We've known it all along. We've seen it all along. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. That's what this show does so perfectly. Is mm-hmm. that it gives you... It already gave it to you. 
and it gave it gave you the visual, it gave you the hint, it gave you the sounds. Are you able to decipher it? Probably not. It's yeah. a very difficult puzzle to solve. But they gave you the clues. The window's the same in every single room. And each person doesn't know what room they're talking about whenever they mention it. And when Nell explains what the house is, like the house is like a body, it, it makes sense. The house is... And they've men made the metaphor so many times. The world out there eats you. But it's the house that's eating them. Mm -hmm. It was just a really beautiful and well-put speech. And she obviously ends it with the quote um, that I read off earlier. I could, probably could have saved it, but I was too excited. Um, you can read it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, and like, like I said before, Nell is like the Greek chorus of this show she's like she's like the narrator almost yeah um she's she's telling the story and i think we think it's olivia but it's not i think it's nell she's the voice of reason she's the one that's telling the story because nell hasn't changed the house changed olivia oh yeah 100 percent. the house made maybe made nell a little crazy but it kept her good mm -hmm. she was still kind even when, even when she passed it she still kept a good good part of her which is why she saved her siblings yeah which is how she was able to the house didn't change her in that way whereas with olivia uh i think it it oh, changed her but she was still conflicted about it wanting to keep her kids there but also wanting to protect them mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's the whole last episode, it just, it, it wraps everything, wraps everything up in a nice little bow, is how I think of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you find out why the how why Hugh didn't, never got rid of the house, because the Dudleys asked him not to. Mm -hmm. They basically said, we'll stay on, we'll take care of it. We won't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone what happened. They're basically saying, please don't take away our little girl. And then you have a heartbreaking scene at the end, and the Dudleys are old. I know. That part makes me so sad every makes time. Makes me cry right now. Because he brings her to, he brings a dying Clara back to the house, and he basically brings her there to die so that she can die in the house and then take care of their stillborn baby and who's now who, just a regular who baby. is alive and yeah. or, well, well, it's like. It's a living it's not, ghost. Yeah, it's not sense. like a stillborn ghost. Yeah, and she can take care of Abigail. Um, I think they were still taking care of her, even though she never aged. You know, they mm -hmm. literally took care of her up until they she died. You know, and I would assume that Mister Dudley probably died, died there too. too. Yeah, they don't show that, but I think it's probably inferred that. Yeah. He probably passed in the house and yeah. eventually was back together with his family, which I think, you know, kind of a happy ending. at the end of the day, like, I think that's what everyone wants when yeah. they go is to yeah. just be reunited with everyone that you miss, mm -hmm. you know, that's a really good transition to, um, one of the bigger reveals at the end of this episode. Um, Hugh's helping Steven, uh, walk out with Luke 
bring him to the car so that the girls can take him to the hospital and we see Steven pan away and look at something and then look at his dad and then keep going and obviously we find out we, we mentioned it to you guys already um, dad, the dad had o- overdosed on medication because of a, a, a deal he made with Olivia like I will stay if you let them go yeah and he says some really really poignant shit at this point like he's he says he's sorry which I think Steven's been waiting to hear for a very long time yeah he says he's sorry and he's he said the best thing I ever did was be your dad yeah and then he becomes the young Ukraine again which like I don't know why that makes me want to cry but it's just like whatever so he he says goodbye to Steven and he you turn you see behind him Olivia and Nell behind the red door in the red room and he walks away and the door shuts and then Steven walks through the house the house full of ghosts mind you and this part is important to me and I think should be important to the audience because you realize that Steven has done what Hugh did mm-hmm. he's no longer afraid of the house so the ghosts I think he accepts it now he accepted it he's he, not in denial anymore. he didn't pretend it wasn't real and um yeah he walks through and the ghosts don't touch him they don't say anything like they did with Hugh they don't touch him they don't say anything so he's not afraid anymore no I'm not afraid anymore yeah, I'm not afraid <laughs> so, Home Alone <laughs> what Home Alone yeah, reference yeah <laughs> um yeah he's no longer afraid and if he doesn't have any fear then the ghosts have nothing to feed on the they can't touch has, him the house has nothing to feed on yeah or yeah, the house has nothing to feed on, so the ghosts can't touch them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ghosts at the end, and I would love to know the backstory for each one. Like, if there was a Reddit forum for each ghost, I'd read that shit. I have an idea that I think that Mike Flanagan should do because we can't because we don't have the production value. Um, <laughs> I think that there should be a season dedicated to Hill House, and <coughs> it should be a longer season. And the reason I think it should be a longer season, even though I do enjoy, like, a short crisp moment, like a 10-episode moment, I think that each episode should explain how each ghost ended up there and who they were. I think that would be so intriguing. Agreed. And to see, like, in almost like a, like a, you know how American Horror Stories happened? They did, like, mini bursts. Yeah. Just like that. Like, Hill House stories and just each small moment of what happened to each person and why they're there. Like and, an anthology. Yeah. An anthology series, but throughout the decades of yeah, Hill House. Yeah, just like each episode is a different group of people that came to Hill House. Yeah. And I would love if they ended it with touching base to the cranes and just like revisiting so we could see some of our favorite characters and like yeah. see maybe Nell and Olivia and Hugh in the house. And yeah. It, what I really would love is if Nell, Hugh, and Olivia would narrate it. Would be great. Yeah. But anyway, that's my idea. I would love that. I would, I, I mean, I've said it before, but I, there's so much rich history for Hill House that I just hope someday they revisit it because they have to. I feel like, so I think, I think he will because this, yeah. this show did so much better than Bly Manor, you know? Yeah. And I think that he, the reason, 
I think he will, but I think he, it has to be a passion project because I'm pretty sure this was just Mike Flanagan being like, I fucking love this shit. And he yeah. just made it. Yeah. He got it greenlighted and he, or greenlit, and he made it. Yeah. So I think that's... I think he had the time, too, to put it together the way he wanted it to. He, I mean, produced quite the story. I mean, just like when everything, it's... Have you ever played those stupid puzzles where you have to, like, unclick this one thing? It's almost like that escape room puzzle that they have to do in the movie. Um, yeah. You unclick one part to, like, move it to another part. Yeah. It's like that. And you don't realize that you have a, you're holding a piece up here that matches with the piece down here. But mm-hmm. you're so busy looking at the whole box that you don't realize you've already got the clues. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did so well that I think that many, like, mystery, thriller, gothic writers and directors don't do well. No. No, I wish there was more movies in a gothic horror style. Yeah. Um, just because I think it's such an interesting mm-hmm. genre, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we, you know, we do have some movies based on in, in books, but um, it, to me it's a fascinating Because it's not setting. gory? No. But it's also not, it's... It, it's unsettling. Yes. I yeah. was I'm trying to find that word. Yeah. It's just, it's unsettling and something's just off, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, at least me, I'm just interested in things that are just a little off, mm-hmm. you know? Not that I want that to happen to me. Because that are would be off. Ter- what? Because you and I are a little off. A little bit. <laughs> but because I, I'm like so, that's why I like, like shows like American Horror Story and yeah. like, because it's things that are like just a little like questionable and you're like, what? <laughs> You know? I, have a, I have a theory about that, about why we like weird things. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not going to say it's because we're weird. It's because I think that, um, I'm going to get kind of deep. I'm sorry. Um, I think that society has told us, like, there's a box and you have to be in that box and yeah. you have to think that way and be that way and say these things. And, like, you can't swear. You have to be prim and proper and males have to be gentlemen and you have to, like, wear a tie, whatever, right? You've been told yeah. that all this stuff, you can't be weird. So, like, it's like, ooh, that's like. It's a little weird. (laughs) Interesting. I'm kind of interested. Yeah. And I think I struggled with that for a long time. I thought I had to like be a certain kind of female. Yeah. And then I, I, that was very short lived. I gave up on that real quick. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I'm good. But yeah, this show kind of like reveals, I feel like it's a mirror. It reveals your true self. Yeah. I agree. It's just a very deep show. Yeah. It's a very deep show. It's just, it. Makes you see things a different way, I think. And oh, it's like just a little. There's another one. Is it a plant fly? I don't know. My plants have bugs in them. The, bu- the bug is still flying around her land. Strapping us nuts. I killed one. I saw. Killed it beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, so. Is there anything else that you want to say before I say the next part? No, go ahead. Okay, so we mentioned that the, the show's like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. We got an outline after episode five. Things are starting to fill in. And literally the last frame of this is the final piece being put into place. And I really don't think they leave any loose ends. Mm-mm. Everything has an explanation. Mm-hmm. And everything is 
All is well. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> and Steve reads the same passage that he read at the beginning, but with a slight twist. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it. But. So, and this is from Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. He says, <clears throat> let me get my, my, my vocal cords warmed up. <laughs> he says, no live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and katydids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood so for 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Within, walls continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there, walked together. In the original one, he says walks, walked alone. Mm-hmm. So he says 100 years in the show. Does, this, does he say 80 years in the book? He does say 100 in the show, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I just noticed that yeah. just now. I'm is reading it, the, right from... I was going to say, is it 80 in the book? Why would they change that? <coughs> not, not that it's a big deal, but that's an interesting, like... Yeah, I don't know. This, this was taken directly from I, from the book, so... Yes. I just know he changed the last part to say what together. Um, I don't know. That's interesting, though, because he does say 100 years or more. I wonder why they changed it. Yeah, I wonder why. I'd be curious to know. Yeah. Anyway, but... Maybe it's because time has passed? Who knows? Could be. Could be because of when the book was written. Like 20 years yeah. later? Yeah. But... Yeah, the ending, the shift of the ending was kind of beautiful. Yeah. So, I love it that it starts with that. That's how the it begins, and then you have the book end with the same quote. And... The doors close, and it's all done. So, so good. So I've like wanted to do this for like two years, talk about the show and talk about just like how, like how much I love it, mm-hmm. you know? Because like I've have had like my own internal monologues mm-hmm. like with myself because I'm amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and just yeah. like. You too. <laughs> um, it, but it's like, you know, it's just more fun when you can watch it with someone. Mm-hmm. Someone who understands it, get this passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, this is, this is, like, something that is, like, a dream fulfilled. <laughs> well, you know? Bucket list item. Yeah. So, I had so much fun getting to watch it again. Oh, it was so fun. And... I look forward to watching it many more years to come because it's one of my favorite shows. Should we watch it every Halloween and review it? Every, imagine. Like, yep, so we're back. <laughs> Still confetti. Love it. Shit's great. <laughs> Everyone <No>. died. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love confetti, man. <laughs> Fucking shit's the best. Uh. Yeah. No, it was, it felt like watch. I was, I, so I've seen the show once, I've said that to you guys, and I watched it alone, so I didn't really, like, talk to anyone about it, TJ was like, hey, I'm gonna review this, or I'm gonna write, like, a blog post about it, maybe, like, what do yeah. you think, and I was like, well, I'll watch it with you, and he was like, you sure? And I was like, 
Yeah. So, yeah, I had, so I even showed Celine, I had originally intended on writing each, writing a blog post for each episode and kind of just doing it myself um, because I didn't think, I didn't think she would want to watch it again. So that's kind of like where this started. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it spiraled into, let's do 31 days of Halloween, which, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's kind of where it came up. It was like the genesis of it all. Yeah. And... I'm just glad we did it. And that we, like, was, committed to doing it. It was... I was, like... It's been a long time since I've anticipated, like, a show like this. Like, yeah. and And I... The first time I watched it, obviously, I didn't know what I was watching. So this time I was kind of, like, every... I wanted TJ to stay till, like, 2 a.m. last night so we could finish I know. the show. I was, like... I know. I have to wake up at 7, but, like... Should we finish it? And then I was, like, no, we can't. I so, so wanted to stay, but I'm, like... We would have been dead. Well, if I... If I wouldn't still be like recovering from getting over yeah. being sick. I probably would have, but it's just I mean I was already dead inside this no, morning. Was, yeah. So I was so tired. I woke up and I was like, oh. Yeah. So I can't even imagine if I would have stayed longer. And it, it it's not like you were here early. It was like 11:30. I know. So yeah, I didn't get home to like freaking 12:30, 12:15, something like that. It takes you 30 minutes to get home now? Sometimes. Cuz of that weird back road now? Yeah. You guys, just for clarification, TJ lives like eight minutes away from me. Yeah, it takes it took me like twenty minutes to get home. When is that road gonna be done? Um, I believe it opens. Part of it opens tomorrow. Oh, good. Because now they're doing the other side. Oh, okay. They gotta do it in parts because we only have one way in and out of our neighborhood. Oh. So they gotta do the one one side, then the other close side. it, open up the other. Okay. So pretty almost soon there. I'll be able to take a right out of the neighborhood and not left. I was gonna say almost there. But that's fine because I take more rights than lefts. So, but yeah, I had so much fun doing it, and I, if you, if you haven't seen it, just go watch it. It's seriously, I think one of the best and most beautiful gothic horror stories ever ever written. I wholeheartedly agree. I also want to say, if you're somebody that like really loved the show and you want to talk to us about it, you can like message us. You can join in on the conversation. We're really open to talk. We love hearing opinions about this stuff. Like, it's our bread and butter. And 100%. we only ever hear each other's opinions. So, if you ever want to tune Do in, if you more? ever want to... No, kidding. we don't need any more. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we're pretty, like, 100% on We're pretty our own. perfect. I mean, like, there's nothing better than us. Yeah. But yeah, if you're ever like, hey, I like really want to talk about this with somebody, and you just look to your friendly neighborhood nerdy podcasts. <coughs> 100%. You know? 100%. We love a conversation. TJ and I are literally known to sit after a theater or a movie <laughs> theater after a movie in like the theater lounge just talking for like an hour. Literally. Like after Endgame we sat in the, the vestibule area yeah. and talked for like 45, 45 minutes to I think hour and 15 minutes. That was the birth of ner- Celine and TJ ner- out to nerdy things. And the rest is history. I think I ordered mics that night, or I already had them. You already had them. Yeah, you I said already I, had them. Because you said I actually ordered mics, and I was like, oh, she's like, I'm serious about those. Well, I was like, I just want to talk about it, and it it was a perfect storm, because you all, like, I don't think we understood how much each other likes to talk about this stuff. No. And then we sat down, and we well, like... because most people don't want to talk to talk about it like how you and I do. Well, because you and I, like, break down the themes and the, like, motifs, and yeah. the... I don't know. I think we... 
we do what is intended by the producer or the director. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think we take it to where they thought it. Yeah. Unless it sucks, then we go. I mean, no. Like, like Gretel and Hansel. Absolutely. <laughs> or Bly Manor. <laughs> Bly Manor was such a disappointment. We're not reviewing that one, you guys. No. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't want to watch that one ever again. No. no. I honestly don't even remember what it was about. She becomes the lady in the lake at the end. Sorry, spoilers. Um, it's book is better. <laughs> Read the turn of the screw. Or watch the turning. That was better too. Yeah. So. Agreed. Well, um, any last thoughts? No. Me, me neither. The rest is just confetti. The rest is just confetti. If you see that tattooed on us later on life, let me get it on my ass cheek. Let me get it on my nose. <laughs> Down the bridge. Confetti. Yep. Then we get a teardrop tattoo just to, to no add confettis. some to add some spice. Just confetti spilling out of your eye. <laughs> that would hurt. Ooh. Yeah, no. All right. Well, that's all we got then. TJ and Celine. Oh. Oh. I'm looking at us like, okay, they're speaking the language of my people. <laughs> Was he looking at us? He goes. I wish you would have howled. That would have been perfect. Alright, alright, sorry. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. I want to be a fool for you. <laughs> Every time this is going to happen from now on, people. DJ to... looks at me if I don't do it. I know, if she doesn't do it, I'll do a side eye. Like, okay, come on. Alright, bye, peeps. Bye.